politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready for action on what matters to our lives, liberty, and property. Here at CR Podcast, Blaze Media, Daniel Horowitz is the show host. Back here in the house for Tuesday, February 7th. And folks, today is one of those days where this is the Super Bowl for conservative media. Wow, we got the State of the Union address and Biden and all the hot takes about Biden, the Democrats. And it's all sideshow, like most days news is. Because the truth be told, we have half the country... Where an overwhelming number of people voted against Joe Biden. We have states like Wyoming, where Joe Biden has a 15% approval rating. Where, based on the politics of the state, if we would only assert our will, it shouldn't matter what Joe Biden does. It shouldn't matter. Yet, we have in state after state, and we've been focusing on this for so long, the supermajority Republican trifectas where one after another, Republicans support medical tyranny, they support being stewards for the federal government, slaves and dependent on their programs, <coughs> they support Medicaid expansion. It's funny, Republicans recently had this resolution denouncing socialism. Name me one Republican state that doesn't implement socialism. In fact, I take socialism over what we have now, which is just pure fascism. We can't even get them to fight that. You look, it's in the news today in the Oklahoma Capitol. So a bunch of tranny activists have basically broken into the Oklahoma Capitol yelping, and they do this all the time. So people have rightly made the drawn the analogy and the comparison to January 6th. Hey, you know, you should have a bunch of people held in prison pre-trial and sentenced to 10 to 20 years. But of course, it's not going to happen. But there's another observation to be had. And that is, notice how even in a deep red state, whenever there is legislation pending, from their perspective, a bad bill or a good bill opportunity to push, they're all on the ground there. They don't miss a beat. Yet even in the deepest of red states, which should be our home territory, we don't have people on the ground. And that's what we're trying to do with our conaction.network teams. You could sign up at conaction.network for a state team. We have team leaders in half the states. We are making a difference already, but we need to do better. Now, our first sponsor today, Bambi, you know, it's interesting at a time when we're told that a private business could do anything it wants. Oh, it could just violate your, ask you to take off your clothes, ask you to cover your mouth, inject stuff in your body, um, censor you. But somehow, um, it's not really like that. And the reality is that, you know, when you have personnel there, they could sue you for wrongful termination, for all sorts of things, harassment, even when you didn't do anything. And you're on the hook for a lot of this stuff. You didn't start a business to deal with this garbage. Um, but the problem is an HR manager to, to deal with this typically costs, you know, could cost uh, seventy dollars to $90,000. What if I told you I can get you an HR manager for your business for 99 bucks per month? They're available by phone, email, real-time chat. It's the same person. It's not like you call in and you get a different person. You get a specific person from Bambi attached to you 
And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, feedback. Um, We have a lot of small business owners in this audience, and it is really, really, this is a lifesaver for so many people. I know some of you have signed up already, and it's no obligation. So you could schedule your free conversation today. See how much Bambi could take off your plate today by going to Bambi.com right now. You type in conservative review under the podcast button. It will ask you you know, where you heard about this. You'll sign up, conservative review, um, to schedule your free no-obligation uh, audit. And then, again, it's month to month, not even a full year. You you only have to sign up for a month, 99 bucks a month, nothing to lose. That's B-A-M-B-E-E.com. Bambi.com, type in conservative review. So folks, I look all over and I think how these sessions are happening so quickly. You have Republican governors that continue to privately support the tranny agenda. They continue to support medical tyranny. They have no interest in fighting the Fourth Reich. Their health departments, their education departments are still indulging every societal ill that the left puts out from the tranny stuff to the feminism to the gender studies to the uh, green energy carbon capture you have all these upper midwest governors they're they're paying for pipelines and they want eminent domain to take your land to build pipelines not to bring in oil and gas but to capture carbon south dakota governor Iowa governor, and all these governors, they play games like Kim Reynolds. She plays this game where she'll do one or two good things, and on the rest of the issues, she's quietly aligned with the status quo, but she won't take a strong position. And it's like, we need these governors to take a strong position. And one of the things we're trying to do with these strike force teams is to force the issue. Get a bill introduced, light a fire under it, message it, and start shaking the tree. And either you join with us, we get some good stuff passed, or at least you're exposed, and we create the environment to have legitimate primaries. Like it says in Proverbs 10.9, he who walks with integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will become known. But it's our job to fight that evil and make sure they're known. This is the problem in red states. Nobody knows it, because the problem is the Democrats, Biden. But in these states, the Democrats, at least the official Democrats, they literally have no power. <laughs> Nothing could harm you in a red state unless Republicans want it. I guess, you know, foreign policy, some other things. But for the most part, what we're talking about, this can be fought at a state level. And this is what we're going to have to do. Because like I said yesterday, you're not going to fix this at a federal level. I noted yesterday, just to kind of rehash some of this stuff with the China balloon business, I said, look, the military leadership itself is rotten to the core. So everyone's going to be focused on Biden and Trump's going to respond and then Trump versus DeSantis. It's not going to make a difference. The top general for NORAD, John Kirby, said, I can tell you that we discovered these flights after we came into office. They now admitted two things, like we suggested. Number one, these flights were happening, but they didn't tell Trump or his top officials. And number two, it sounds like it did have explosives on it, which is another reason we thought they didn't want to blow it up over land, which demonstrates that's insane how they're able to get that in our airspace that has explosives on it. And the military covered it up. And by the way, 
Republicans, McCarthy wanted to bring on the floor basically a resolution condemning the China's balloon and kind of criticizing Biden. And House Foreign Affairs Committee Chair Michael McCall, who was terrible when he was the Homeland Security Chair, he lobbied them to pull it from the floor because he said, now's the time for unity. This is the problem you have with Republicans. McCarthy also gave a speech on the debt ceiling yesterday, and it sucked. It was lacking any passion or direction or vision. And uh, yeah, this is where we are. This is where we are. In North Dakota, we had um, SB 130. It wasn't even a full ban on mandates, just allowing for a a philosophical exemption for primary school students not to be denied entry into public schools. Public schools! Education on account of not injecting something in their body that anyone else who wants it has the right to inject it in their body. So it doesn't affect you. Something that simple, it was killed in committee. And I was thinking, where the hell is the leadership from Christy Nome? Why is it that we focus on these legislatures and there's no word from the governor? Oh, she's a big hero on COVID. Oh, really? Well, what about the freedom to go to school and not be forced to be injected? They don't take a position. Now, by not taking a position, we know exactly where their position is. It's where the healthcare cartel is. But this is why we need to draw them out. Pick the issue of our time. Green energy. Chinese land ownership. All this stuff. Medical freedom, carbon capture, electric cars. Interposition against the federal government. All these people are fighting back against us. And you know what's funny? Every time we want to push something, they they posit a fake limited government argument. Oh, that's heavy-handed. Oh, you can't do that. That, that, that. We're violating the Constitution. We're violating limited government, telling localities what to do, telling businesses what to do. And mind you, every second, they're pushing big government, more spending, more Medicaid expansion, the same people. Oh, we're going to rape you and, and tie your clo- uh, gag your mouth. Uh, school students in, in school, every red state, by the way, for months on end, had the masking in school. That's not a violation of the Constitution. But if you tell us a local library, state-funded li- you know, funded library, not to have porn in the library, oh, that, that's big government. Unbelievable. This is what we're dealing with pretty much everywhere. We need to come up with a solution on how to change this. How to change the rules. If we can't do it in an environment where the supermajority of voters agree with us, albeit they're kind of ignorant on what is going on, you ain't doing it at the presidential level. I'm just telling you. That should be obvious. Now, our next sponsor today, thankfully, we got a lot of sponsors for once. Um, Birch Gold Group, folks, I'm actually just, I just started my W-2 forms um, to fill out my taxes for this year. A lot of you are going to be doing it within the next few weeks. What if you owe extra money? Okay, what if you owe extra money? Well, one way of dealing with it so they don't get the money now is to put it into an IRA, 401k. Well, where are you going to put it? BlackRock, Vanguard, Fidelity? The cartel, stock market's near a record high anyway. Where is it going to go? I put mine in gold with Birch Gold. Um, they, Birch specializes in converting 
your IRA into a retirement account, but with with precious metals, uh, how do you find out about that? They have an actually very nice packet that's easy to understand. Just updated it. Uh, if you text Daniel to 989898, you'll get that free no obligation info packet on how to convert your IRA into gold today with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews. You can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Um, they share our values as well, which is important. So text Daniel to 989898 today. Um, there's a lot more on COVID stuff, but I have a special guest I want to get to. I just want to say we are a few days away from the rise of the Fourth Reich, Steve Dace and, and my book, coming out. That's our call to action on everything medical freedom, biomedical security state, Fourth Reich. Um, and and that, that ties in the transhumanism. It ties into the Agenda 2030, everything they're doing to us and how we use localism, state legislatures to fight back the Nuremberg trial we need. So it's very apropos. So it's still pre-order, but not really, because if you order it today, it will it will be sent out on Monday. So you'll pretty much get it right away. The audio book is also has been posted for pre-order as well, and the Kindle book. So again, the rise of the Fourth Reich confronting COVID fascism with a new Nuremberg trial, so it never happens again. Um, and that's where we are. We're we're struggling to even get the reddest states to pass the most basic bills dealing with this. It truly is bizarre. I can't even figure this out. I don't get it, frankly. But, um, you know, one of the things that we said, at least they were passing, was getting rid of castration and the drag shows. And generally, we are being more successful. But... Here we have Arkansas. Arkansas. Again, there's only a handful of Democrats left in the legislature. And we were making progress. We passed a bill basically, you know, restricting drag performances for minors. But there's a little bit of a problem. This from the Arkansas advocate. Arkansas legislators amended a bill that originally would have restricted where drag performances can be held, but now does not mention the word drag at all. Activists who have opposed Senate Bill 43 since it was introduced in January say the heavily amended language no longer targets LGBTQ Arkansas. The bill was amended Thursday for the second time in a week. It defines an adult-oriented performance as one that is intended to appeal to the prurient interest, meaning overtly sexual and features complete or partial nudity and the exposure of real or prosthetic genitalia. Drag performances do not include the things described in the bill. Well, sometimes they do. And the state already has laws in place, said M.D. Hunter, who performs as the drag queen, Atina Sinclair. Oh, nice. The bill's primary sponsors, Senator Gary Stubberfield and Representative Mary Bentley, have said the bill aims to protect children from sexual content. Originally, the bill defined drag as exhibiting a gender identity that is different from the performer's gender assigned at birth using clothing, makeup, and other accessories, yada, yada. What a disgusting issue. Um, but an amendment was adopted Monday. Redefine drag as a performance in which someone exaggerates sexual aspects of masculine and feminine body for entertainment purposes. Um, and there you go. The heavily amended legislation will have to go back through the committees. 
So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I mean, what's the deal here? What's the deal? Will the governor, you know, fight for the original bill? I know she supported the original bill. I mean, this is something we have to see. But my question to you is, how does a transgender drag performance activist group have this much clout in freaking Arkansas to amend a, a simple, obvious bill like this with this much support behind it? And the answer is, because even the most licentious left-wing NGOs have more clout in the reddest of states than our people do because they show up. I actually need an Arkansas team leader. If any of you are out there, you could email me, Daniel Hurwitz at startmail.com. If you are familiar with the legislators, I know um, a number of them there, current and former state senators, and we got some better guys in there. But again, like, how does this happen? And now we have supposedly a better governor. Look, we'll see what Sarah Huckabee Sanders says tonight. I'm curious to see what she said. It is, it is kind of interesting that there is one prominent governor in America that has never been asked to give the um, response to the State of the Union. It's kind of interesting. I'm sure someone called in that airstrike to make sure it was his former press, sec- press secretary doing it and not his likely opponent. Because it's all to service the ego of the man. But we'll see what you know what she what she says tonight. You know, Biden doesn't mean anything. I'm more actually interested in Sarah's address. What she what is at the top of her mind? Um, you know, I'm reading one after another these Republican governors' state of the state addresses, and it's like it's literally like nothing doing. They sound like a technocrat. It's like the Fourth Reich isn't happening. It's like they haven't taken away our food, our fuel, our medicine, crushed our people, lost lives and millions dropping dead, and you know have forced to get the shots or to, to go to medical school and law school and nursing school, and you know this is all in red states. Children masked forever, patients and workers at hospitals losing jobs because they're not getting a jab or a mask in red states, and it's like it's not happening. It's not happening because of us, because we refuse to get on the playing field. And this is the biggest thing we can do, much more than get involved in the presidential election. If you make your local red county or state an oasis, when I I say red, the difference is that the majority of people voted for Trump. They reliably vote for the Republican for president. If they would know this is what they're doing, they would oppose it. But what are you going to do about it? Okay, they will win by acclamation. Right now, we need to dislodge them. And absent any effort to do that, we're screwed. You need to change the culture of the states. Let me give you a great example of changing the culture of a state. This is from Florida Voice. The Miami-Dade Black Affairs Advisory Board chair apologized to Governor DeSantis after one of its members called him racist. Chair Pierre Rutledge reportedly issued the apology after a member said our governor is a racist at a meeting, you know, where they're fighting over the whole, you know, his rejection of the AP African-American history course. We take it to heart when someone uses the term racist, words matter, and so as chair, I must start by saying we want to pull that back. There's nothing wrong with saying we're sorry. And I found that to be amazing. One of these left-wing racial, you know, 
pandering, race-baiting, race-card-playing NGOs crawls back to DeSantis and apologizes. I mean, that's what projection of power in a red state is. That's what making that's what it means to make it clear this is what a red state's going to look like and this is what we expect. But every single other red state without exception is not like that. And I want to get to Wyoming and our special guest today. Um but first our interview today is sponsored by our longtime uh, partner uh, Patriot Mobile, they now offer service with all three major networks. What does that mean? If you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. You want to go back to them, that's fine. But the reality is Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider that does not give money to the cartel. They offer the same nationwide coverage, but they actually donate to causes uh, that are pro-life, pro-family, pro-gun. This new year, resolve to stop supporting companies that do not align with your values. Go to patriotmobile.com slash CR or call their U.S.-based customer service at 878-PATRIOT today. Get free activation today with offer code CR. That's patriotmobile.com slash CR or call 978-PATRIOT. So folks, every week I kind of go through each red state give you a flavor of what's going on on the ground for those of you who don't live there. And we see a common thread. We see a common thread that these states vote overwhelmingly Republican um, presidential election. They vote overwhelmingly Republican for Congress, the state legislatures. They have Republican governors. There's no Democrats in sight. So there's no but Biden, Biden State of the Union. None of that could affect us. And yet, even on bare bones conservative issues that anyone with a modicum of belief in constitutional government should rally behind them, we can't get this stuff passed. And it's the story everywhere. And today I have an amazing story for you because Wyoming really embodies this, this gap that we continue to talk about more than any other state. And the guest we have today, I think so many of you, including myself, could relate to uh, Jeanette Ward, she is a freshman member of the Wyoming House, but she has an interesting backstory. Like many of you, she's a political refugee. She actually just came over from Illinois, was in suburban Chicago area. She was uh, in local government on the school board, and COVID fascism happened. They made her kids wear masks, and she's like, I'm out of here. So imagine you leave you know, Cook County, uh, Illinois, and you go to Casper, Wyoming. Oh my gosh, God's country, beautiful um, you get you get rid of that COVID fascism, those values, the tranny stuff. Man, this is beautiful. And there certainly is a lot of beautiful things about Wyoming. And then imagine, you know, right when you come, you get elected uh, to the state house. You replaced our buddy Chuck uh, Gray, who is really the conservative leader of the state. He became Secretary of State. And man, this is this is awesome. And then she comes, and unlike many freshmen that keep their head down. She got into every fight there is to get into in just one month. I've been quoting her a lot. I've been talking about her legislation um, on, on values issues, on, on medical freedom, one after another. And it's like, whoa, what just, what just happened there? Um, is this Illinois or is this Wyoming? And folks, this is, this is really important that we get to the bottom of this. Wyoming is a state that votes for the Republican for president by a margin of 35, 40 points every election. 
there's literally not enough Democrats in the legislature to populate every committee. Um, he's like 57 to 5 in the House, 29 to 2 in the Senate. So there's no excuse for but the Democrats. Um, and, and, and look, when the voters get a clear vision, like a presidential election, everyone knows who's who, you know, they vote overwhelmingly in one direction. Liz Cheney. Okay, everyone understood what was at stake. They understood what she was about. She she got like 25% of the vote in the primary. But yet, where people don't understand what's going on, where there's no focus down the ballot, but also on the issues. See, you might have a red state every first Tuesday, every other year in November, but every day between those two years, it's a blue state. Because on the policies... There's only one side engaging, and it shows. And that's why we can't even uh, ban gender studies in the University of Wyoming, and we can't even get a single medical freedom bill passed so far. What is up with that, and what can we learn from that? So with us today is none other than Jeanette Ward. Hey, Jeanette, thanks so much for finally joining us here at Blaze Media. Hey there. Thank you for having me on the program. It's an honor to be here. Well, what a story. So and, did uh, I kind of get that right, that you're a political refugee and, and you you just got elected, but you just came to Wyoming last year? That's correct. I came in uh, late August of 2021 because I couldn't take it anymore in Illinois. The last straw was when they threatened our straight A student sophomore without a out of school suspension for not wearing a mask. And this on a school board that I served for four years. So... This really connects with me emotionally, and the reason is because I'm in the same predicament, and I know a lot of people here are as well. People say, hey, Daniel, why do you live in Maryland? Well, I mean, that's where my family's always been from, and I have family here. I want to move. I want to move. But what I don't want is the heartbreak of finding a place like Wyoming, and then boom, you have Grace Smith. 16-year-old, she was arrested arrested in handcuffs, and this wasn't like the first month of craziness. This was late in the fall 2021. This was still going on in Cheyenne. And to this day, we have not banned masks in Wyoming. So, Jeanette, were you kind of surprised when you got in last month to the legislature and started pushing your priorities? Were you surprised to find what you did? Well, I, I had been warned, and I was expecting there to be a fight. The difference about Wyoming is that the fight is winnable here. Yes. It's just that the people in Wyoming are freedom-loving people. They just think if they, they keep voting for Republicans that, that their state is, is secure and it's freedom. When the opposite, it's just not true. You can tell that from what you described in your intro, what's going on in the Wyoming House with respect to, to medical freedom and with respect to, to gender studies and with respect to getting porn out of schools. The people think that the, their, their friendly Republicans are taking care of this, but they're not. And the people are starting to wake up. God bless the people of Wyoming. And, and I was shocked. So I, I read some of the debate. You had an amendment to the budget bill to um to defund gender studies in Wyoming. I mean, DeSantis easily did this type of thing in in his state and you know, the University of Wyoming is just as bad as San Francisco Berkeley and that shouldn't be yes. happening and we're not talking about private, we're talking about a public university. And I was reading the just the transcript of some of the debate. I didn't watch it and I was floored by the Republicans were like it was described as passionate 
and emotional. And they were like, I mean, I've never seen this before. They literally believe in gender studies. Or some of them use these false arguments of, oh, it's none of your business. Like, butt out. They should be able to do what right. they want. Like, what, what, what's going on there? Well, and, and my fellow Republicans should know that the, the primary reason for me bringing this amendment was that the University of Wyoming um, restricted the First Amendment speech rights of Todd Schmidt, who is a church elder who had tabling rights in the union. And he correctly stated that a biological man was indeed a biological man. This is a man who's pretending to be a woman so he could be in a sorority. And for saying that, they took away Todd Schmidt's First Amendment speech rights. So if, if, if a program is per- responsible for restricting the First Amendment speech rights of an individual, I am going to come to that individual's defense. So so what happened? You didn't, I mean, I mean, there's 57 Republicans in the chamber out of uh, 62, so you didn't have enough votes to end gender studies with queer theory and all that stuff in Wyoming? Nope, I didn't have enough votes, unbelievably. So I'm, I call on my my freedom-loving people, the people of Illinois, please, I, I implore you, pay attention to what is going on in the legislature and what Republicans are standing for the values that traditional Republicans hold dear. Please, I implore you. And, and, and I understand you wouldn't know about this. If you're not looking for it, you wouldn't know. Um, and this, this is the problem. So talk about some of where some of the things you're doing on medical freedom. Um, again, Wyoming has failed to pass a single bill to prevent masking in schools, vaccine mandates, any of this stuff, much less to get the Department of Health to stop promoting these clot shots. Um, where do things stand on that front? So I, I uh, House Bill 66, which would have uh, prevented discrimination if you weren't wearing a mask, you didn't want to get vaccinated, and you didn't want to get tested. It failed on third reading on the floor of the House. I believe the vote was 29-32. So you would think in, in Wyoming this would be a, a slam dunk, but no. The fact is that these legislators are on the take with Pfizer and with uh, Wyoming Hospital Pack and WildPack, which is Wyoming's medical pack. So instead of voting with the people, we the people of Wyoming, they voted with the medical cartel. Then um, I have a second bill, so that bill failed. I have a second bill, HB 143, which declares that any mandates by the CDC and World Health Organization are null and void in Wyoming. Now, yesterday on the Committee of the Whole, that bill was amended to focus on only on uh, COVID-19 and its subvariants, which is still still a win. We'll see yeah. what happens on second and third reading. So 31 to 29. So, so to simply say... Everyone has realized that the WHO and CDC committed genocide. They promoted stuff that was ineffective and dangerous, and we know that. And everything they said was wrong. No one could say otherwise. Three years into this, and now it's only limited to COVID, so it's only that. And still, even then, 31-29, you only got 31 out of the 57 Republicans. Um, What, did leadership support it? No, leadership did not. Interesting. Um, so one of the things I find interesting, and it's not just in Wyoming, 
I find these uh, Republicans interesting. They'll play a double game. So they're for nanny state, spending money, big government, Medicaid expansion, welfare this, welfare that, whatever you want, they're for. And they're for regulating right. businesses, telling them what to do, yada, yada. But then when it comes to defending individual rights and values, even within the government sphere, suddenly they get very like, no, Jeanette, that's very heavy handed and big government and it violates our state's constitution. Right? What's up with that? Yeah, indeed. And in fact, in committee um, on the Labor Health Social, Social Services Committee where I serve, um, they let all those agencies speak first instead of the Wyoming people. And so when I presented my HB 143 before that committee, I ended with and a further request that the people of Wyoming be able to speak before any agency. These these agencies, the fact that the government is in bed with these agencies and what we have is effective fascism, even in Wyoming. So yes. again, I, I implore the people of Wyoming, please vote these people out. They're not for you. They're not for you. And, and you see the difference of what could be in these states. You hold up Florida on a pedestal and, and there's stuff, more stuff we could even do there. But I'm saying look at what they're doing and why. You look at a state that on average, you know, Republicans only carried when they did one or two, three points. And this one they carried by 40 last time. And why? Why? And it, it, it just it's really frustrating to me. Um, so again, this bill, folks, you know, uh, HB 143, ensuring that they cannot issue mandates based on CDC uh, and WHO guidance for COVID, that's still an iron in the fire. Discuss here, you had um, you had a bill to try to address the, you know, sexualized material in books and public libraries and schools. Sure. Um, that yeah, sounds that like was... a pretty good slam dunk for Wyoming. What happened there? Yeah, you would think so. That was House Bill 87. So House Bill 87 uh, originally redefined child pornography to include drawings, cartoons, and depictions. Um, and it repealed the exemption for educators and uh, librarians because there's an ex exemption in the obscenity law for those for those groups. So I amended it to only take out the exemption for the librarians and the educators um, because, uh, you, know, you know, redefining child pornography to include drawings, it, it could be construed as thought crime. So if you're in your house and drawing you know, pictures in your house, you don't want to be accused of sure. child pornography. If you, but So it made sense to amend it that way. I presented it. It was, uh, it was put in the Revenue Committee to effectively kill it. And so it, it was finally heard on the last day that uh, bills could be heard in, in that committee. And I had to pull in a, a maneuver on the House floor in order to get it heard. Um, but it was heard and uh, it was uh, voted down in committee. So the, the, the Republican committee members in the Revenue, Revenue Committee were not interested in protecting children from obscenity. Books like Gender Queer and Trans Bodies, Trans Health that describe um male-on-male -male audio, masturbation, every other manner of explicit sexual conduct. I couldn't get that passed. And what I, what I find shocking is 
they'll give these straw men excuses. This is another game. Like, you know, those of you who are activists and trying to help me push this stuff, you'll often meet in an argument. And, and, and it will be like a random argument. So you're fighting a civilization thing, and they'll focus on some straw men. So in this case, someone brought up, well, what if the university wants to study uh, the mental health effects of pornography and they need to access the material? Like, so, you know, aside from the straw men, it's like, okay, so we'll freaking write an exception there. Like, you know what I mean? Okay, right. but, like, is that an excuse? So, so what, we're going to have the whole thing? Or with your medical freedom things, they'll find some parsimonious thing they're upset about. Okay, fine. So we'll take that out, but but you're going to continue allowing masking and mandates and this like no the end. So isn't the truth that it's not about these excuses? They agree with it, right? That is correct. They give they give uh, straw man arguments as you as you said, and then and then they don't let basic bills that ought to easily pass in a freedom loving state pass. And by the way, you, I, in the in your intro, you said I was a freshman, and usually freshmen keep their head down. Well, uh, the big fights are the ones that are worth picking. So bring it. I was floored. I didn't even realize that you not only were a freshman, but you literally just got there less than a year ago in the state, and you're you're out there. You know, I, I see your name mentioned in every fight, and 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 this is really. Um, an example of what we need, the fresh blood coming in. Um, you got to make the plays. And, and what I like what you're doing is you're, you're likely not going to win on the first round with these things, but you have to lay that marker down because I think for too long, a lot of conservatives were like, oh, I don't have the vote, so I'm not going to pick the fight. But then no one ever knows how these people feel and what they're doing and they keep electing them. So so here's my question. Um, I'm not going to mention names, but, you know, some of these committee chairs, some of these leadership guys, or, you know, even rank-and-file members that appear to be okay with tranny stuff, with porn in the public uh, schools, with gender studies and queer theory and all that stuff, with mass mandates and, and COVID shot mandates, even now after everything we know. Um, do they, on the campaign trail... Is that part of their election material? Like they say, hey, I'm for this stuff? I, I don't believe so. I believe they run as as uh, bland, mainstream Republicans. What they need is a good fighter opponent who will call them out on these things. And it's, I mean, I just said to, to some folks, I've given you plenty of ammunition. Please use it. Yes. Please, I mean, this is what we need, and we're we're looking to start a team. We do have someone who has volunteered now to be our Wyoming uh, Legislative Strike Force team director um, to bring the inside out and then bring the outside in and the pressure to bear. Um, you know, some people might say, well, Wyoming, maybe they're not really conservative. They're just Republican. But when you look at the primary vote with Liz Cheney, it tells me when you focus people's attention and they understand you know, who these people are and what they did, they'll respond, right? That is correct. That we, the people of Wyoming, when they're informed, they respond by choosing freedom-loving candidates. We just need strong candidates to get the message out. And I'm confident that the people of Wyoming who love liberty will kick these other fools out. You know, one after another, I, I, I've, I've just been looking at things, and it's just shocking what's going on in your state. So, you know, another bill that we're finally getting traction on 
Um, finally, finally, people want to hear from, and again, it's always a day late, a dollar short, but Chinese land ownership, um, and that is circulating throughout a lot of states. You had a bill on this, and it failed 39-23. Even, even yeah. with the balloon story going on, and 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 the China, I mean, even Democrats are trying to you know feign outrage and and uh, you know um, toughness against China. What happened with that bill? Well, that was my uh, my fellow warrior, Bill Alamand. A shout out to him um, who brought that bill, and it did. It failed on the House floor. I think that was yesterday. I lose I lose track of days uh, sometimes. Uh, but yeah, they they said it was uh, unconstitutional. Um, and, cons- and considered a taking. Now, I brought up the fact that uh, I thought that the taking concept only referred to U.S. citizens, but somebody cited a, a passage in the Wyoming Constitution that, that said that it also referred to foreign entities, which I'm very surprised about and need to research some more. But regardless, that bill did fail on the House floor. You know, so so a couple of things there. I, I am familiar with that, and that is an interesting provision that you have in that Constitution. It's unique. Um, no differences between a citizen and non-citizen, which I, I think that does need to be amended. But a couple of things. So number one, it's funny that you can literally close someone's church, business, mouth, nose, body. That, that, that's not a problem. That's not a problem. But suddenly... When it comes to anything common sense, they invoke the concept. I love the way they, they work. Also, I mean, look, again, this is an area you can compromise. I think the concern was, you know, citizens of a certain origin. How do you find out? And then maybe discrimination. But, I mean, you can at least talk about corporations associated with the CCP. Um, they don't, sure. you know, the CCP doesn't have an unalienable right to purchase uh, property um, in Wyoming. But, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, Jeanette, this is why we just can't have nice things. Um, I was surprised to find that even in the Senate school choice, which has really become one of those universal Republican issues, even Republicans that are terrible on a lot of issues, even that only passed 1714, you know, kind of split the right. conference there. I mean, um, who who run, are these guys like can, can you explain how it works? Are they Democrats that that run as Republicans? Yes. Well, that is how it works in Wyoming. The Democrats know that they can't win if they run as a Democrats. By the way, I have respect for these five Democrats in the House. At least they are honest about who they are. Yep. But the rest of the Democrats just run as Republicans because they know the people of Wyoming will not vote uh, for Democrats. And so those Democrats who are really Democrats run as Republicans. And we need to expose those guys. And once the people of Wyoming Learn, learn what's going on. I'm confident they will vote them out. So, if I start a, you know, strike force team in Wyoming with twenty folks, willing to focus attention, raise awareness on what's going on in the legislature, um, what's your advice? What do you think is the most important thing that they could do? Uh. The most important thing that they could do is watch what goes on in session and watch what goes on in committee, especially with the, the freedom bills, these, these kind of things that we've been talking about, and expose the members who vote against things that every Republican should be for. Get, get their names out there and let the people know, and I'm confident that people will take care of it. 
I mean, you you would hope so. I again, I don't think people are for gender studies. You know, prominent Republicans said it's anti-woman to get rid of that program. I mean, this is this is a Republican there. This is truly, truly shocking. And then you know, you find again. I mean, not just in the legislature, but but all the executive departments. I'm finding promotion of global warming stuff and the the carbon capture and. So, you know, I know you got to run into session right now. I'll just leave you with this. Do you think there is a need to have more robust legislative oversight of these kind of rural state executive branches because you're not in session much to audit what exactly these agencies are doing and making sure they're in, in, in line with the values of the majority of the state? Yes, that would certainly be in order. Uh, the, the balance of power between the executive and legislative branches needs to be just that, a balance. And legislature has oversight over those those departments, and we should be exercising it. Well, and that that's the thing. I mean, if we can't do it at the state legislative level, which is the branch of government closest to the people— I don't see how it's going to be done. You're not going to fix the U.S. military, DOD, HHS, um, if you can't simply take a state where you have almost no Democrats left, where Democrats cannot raise their head above the ground and get elected, and yet this stuff continues. So, Jeanette, I think you're a model for what needs to be done, the type of legislators we need to get in, and I think we just need to, to come up alongside and raise awareness to what people like you are doing and uh, and actually making state legislatures great again, making red states red again. Where could people follow you more or find out more what you're doing in Wyoming? Yes, I can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at jw for w or jw for dub as they like to say, in Wyoming. And my website is jw4w.com. Perfect. Well, Jeanette, keep us updated. God bless you, and may God really, really bring fruits to your labor. Thank you so much, Daniel. Take care. So folks, again, that was Jeanette Ward, a freshman rep from Wyoming's house, just moved there as a refugee seeking freedom, and then finds this. I mean, that was a perfect illustration of what I've been trying to give over. For those of you who are unclear about what we want to do with our legislative strike force teams or liberty strike force teams, uh, to join a team, you can, again, you could join at conaction.network. We're only focusing on Republican states so far. And the reason is just because the people are broadly where we are, but they don't know what's going on. And I, I frankly can't blame them. If I wouldn't do this for a living, I wouldn't know the floor debates on what these guys are doing. But it's such a small world. You could have such an outsized share impact if you get involved. We do have a Wyoming team leader who could step forward. Um, so if you want to sign up for that, let us know, conaction.network, and every other state. What Jeanette was saying is true of every state. They each have their own flavor, but it's the same story. I mean, I'm just reading through this, okay? You have the Speaker of the House in Wyoming, this guy, Summers, Albert Summers. He was so passionate throughout the debate over getting rid of gender studies at uh, University of Wyoming he left the speaker's chair to debate Jeanette. And he argued that it's appropriate for the university to have the studies they deem necessary, that they deem important. Like, he supports, he, he wants this. It's unreally. 
Dan Zwanitzer from Cheyenne. He's a late House Labor Committee chairman. In the equality state, really? You're getting rid of this? And then uh, Ward cited, you know, part of the Constitution that talked about the legislature actually should advance morality within the state. So this guy, Landon Brown from Cheyenne, he countered, at one point in time, those with a different color to our skin were deemed immoral as well. I've never seen such an audacious approach. He literally believes that supporting slavery is the same as opposing queer theory and kinky sex studies. I mean, these are Republicans. And they just, I, I'm looking right now on Twitter. You have this guy, Senator Mike Rounds, federal, you know, U.S. Senator from South Dakota, and literally is the embodiment of these type of guys. He's a total rhino, leftist, progressive. He has a picture of him in hunting getup with his kids, hunting in South Dakota, because there's a whole controversy about a senator getting banned on um, Twitter for showing a dead moose or something. And and that's what they do. They play this quasi-cultural, like, oh, I served in the military, or I go hunting, and I like guns, or I hate abortion. And then they're horrible on every issue that matters, including culture, by the way. Like, it used to be, it was like, okay, they're all big government guys. They wanted pork, parochial spending projects. Fine, we get that. But we can't even, like, end the tranny stuff, the, the queer whatever. I mean, this is utterly crazy that this is going on. But that's why I need you. And and, and look, we're not going to succeed the first time around, but you at least need someone like Jeanette in each state to pick the fight. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Iowa. We have um, – I don't have language or a bill number yet, but it's been filed in the state. So we now have in Iowa a bill, or it's going to be a resolution – Introducing my constitutional amendment on bodily autonomy, um, you know, again, prohibiting any coercion of an individual to wear a mask or, you know, take an injection or a therapeutic, and they cannot be discriminated against in the realm of public accommodation on behalf of exercising that right. Um, Senator Kevin Allon and Representative J.J. Shipley introduced uh, twin companions in the House and Senate. We'll see what happens with that. But thank you, Julie, our state team leader, has done a great job with that. It wouldn't have happened without her. So we're, we're slowly getting on the map. And again, my fear is that it's going to take until next legislative session to get off the ground. But it is what it is. Um, we got to start at some point. A couple other things to give a shout out to here. Uh, West Virginia House Bill 2559 by Kathy, Kathy Krause. It's a ban on masks. We we saw that woman in Huntington Hospital uh, being uh, fired for not wearing a mask, unbelievably. There's an interesting bill in Arkansas, SB 71. It ends all affirmative action in the state. Uh, it would be great if we get an Arkansas leader that is familiar with the legislature and the legislative process to step forward and lead our team there. We do have people signed up. Um, so there's, there's a lot to do. And again, I'll just repeat, we have... And we now have Wyoming, um, at least a team leader, but we have Florida, Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, West Virginia, Iowa, North Dakota, Tennessee, Indiana, Nebraska, Alaska. Um, I, I keep repeating this because this is the antecedent to the entire political food chain. So much of what we complain about and debate about 
in Washington, the soap opera with politics will become moot if we merely assert our supermajority will and sentiment on the body politic in the areas we supposedly control. And this is what needs to happen. This is, a, this is what has been lacking for so many years. And all these governors like Christy Nome and, and uh, Kevin Stitt and, and Greg Abbott and Kim Reynolds, that they kind of, you know, play this, you know, carefully crafted game where they look conservative, they want to be liked by conservatives, but they won't take a stand. And as we struggle to get good things past the legislature, they'll sit there silently, kind of like, it's not even hope yes, vote no. It's like, they really are against us privately, but they just don't take a public stand on it. We need to force this issue. And one of the things we are going to do when the legislatures are at a session is focus on the executive branch. How you could pressure these Republican governors. That's definitely something to do. And to use the prominence of the legislators themselves to write letters, hold press conferences, you know, grab headlines. Um, by the way, Jeanette Ward was part of a group of 22 House members in Wyoming. The Freedom Caucus there did write a letter demanding answers from Pfizer with the Veritas video about uh, gain of function. So, you know, that is a model. It hasn't happened enough historically. There's no reason they can't do that. Um, and yeah, believe it or not, believe it or not, in Wyoming, we only had like five conservatives. Now we have, you know, kind of like 22 to 27-ish, depending on the issue. And believe it or not, that's actually um, that's actually progress. That we have half the Republicans in the lower house, less than half in the Senate. But that's where it is. Um, real quick, just wanted to give you one data point to uh, end off the day with. This is from the Irish Examiner. They obtained data in Ireland. Deaths were 42% higher from December 1st, 2022 to January 25th of this year. Eight-week period. They were 42% higher than this time compared to 2019. 20% higher than last year and 19% higher than the first year of the pandemic. So what that demonstrates is, again, it's much higher than the worst peak of the pandemic. And it's one of many data points that even I'm surprised that we seem to have more excess deaths now than we did even at the beginning of the vaccine take-up. Even though... The um, the deaths, or I'm sorry, the vaccine take-up is very slow now. There's very few people newly getting them. And I'm not trying to panic. I'm just trying to say the truth. It does appear that, you know, the initial deaths were the tip of the iceberg. That, that this thing, you have the sudden deaths, but then you have the gradual deaths over time from all the things it does to you. Or you could have a sudden death, potentially, perhaps, you know, months if not years later because of the subclinical myocarditis and several other factors. But I want you to understand 3,000 excess deaths in Ireland over eight weeks, if you extrapolate that to a full year and extrapolate that for the U.S. population, remember Ireland's a tiny country. 3,000 excess deaths doesn't sound like a lot, but there's only 5 million people. That's like 165th or so, 167th of the U.S. You extrapolate that, that would be the equivalent of 1.3 million excess deaths in the U.S. over a year. 
The leader of the opposition party obtained similar startling figures from the Central Statistics Office last December, showing quarter two of 2022. So it's like in the middle of last year, had 39.2% more deaths than quarter two of the previous year. So again, whether it's a lag effect, whether it's a cumulative effect of doses, it's not clear yet how much is is from each factor. Um, you know how much are you know even people that just had original doses dying two years later. How much of it is more weighted towards the people that had multiple doses or recent doses? But this is the biggest thing in the history of humanity, and we can't even get a baseline. Just don't force it on me. In red states, we got a lot of work to do. And we're going to continue working on this. ConAction.network is the website. At RM Conservative is the Twitter. Daniel Horowitz at StartMail.com is the email. Till tomorrow, God bless you all. And thank you for listening.